going on everybody, this is Nick with Vantage Point Podcast. I want to welcome y'all to another week um, as we continue in our series with um, talking about father figures. And so if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I just want to say welcome. Um, encourage you to like, subscribe, share uh, this awesome podcast. It's definitely been a blessing to me to be able to do it. And so I just pray that everything, whether it's this series or another one, has been a blessing to y'all as well. And so last week, I mentioned we kicked off a series uh, called Father Figures, where really feel like God was God has given me um, some insights on parenting and more specifically on fatherhood. And so it's definitely a series that I've wanted to do for a while. So I'm just definitely glad to do it. Um, I mentioned last week, you know, we're going to be looking at biblical examples of fatherhood and focusing on those stories. And then also the next couple of weeks. Um, after this one, we'll have some interviews where we're going to be talking to actual fathers um, that are at different stages of fatherhood because I wanted to kind of give a full perspective. I'm not the end all of all and or know all about fatherhood, but I know my experiences coupled with theirs and what we learn biblically will definitely be um, something that I, I feel like can definitely help and, and inspire you, whether you are a father, you're not one, you have concerns, because I feel like we all do at some stage in life we have it. And so being at different stages and sharing those experiences and godly insights, I believe will definitely help um, as, as we move forward in this series. And so last week we talked about um, the, the God. We talked about the, the God of all things, specifically around fatherhood and what can we gain from God specific to to who he is and how we can take that and build on um, our fatherhood. And so this week, um, I want to take that a little bit deeper and go into lessons learned. And so I'm going to share a little bit specifically with me um, and, and what I've learned um, through through the Bible, through the God, through what he's spoken to me specific to fatherhood and really what those lessons are. And so I want to start off with just kind of defining lesson. Like, what does that mean? So a lesson is basically a piece of instruction. It could be a reading or exercise uh, studied by a student. A lesson could be a course of instruction or something learned by study or experience, like a lesson plan we learn in school. Um, but definitely one um, kind of summarizes it all up is a lesson that can mean it's an instructive example, right? It's something that we see, that we process, and that we potentially emulate and integrate into our lives in some way, shape, or form. And so when we look at that a little bit when it comes to being a father, when it comes to being a dad, and how can we peel back those layers, right? Because it's literally, there's so many layers to fatherhood, so many unknowns, so many things that even as we may feel like we know it all and can see it all, or we say, you know what, I had a great dad and I'm going to do everything he did, there's still opportunity to peel that onion back um, and grow from those experiences. And so, like I mentioned earlier this week, I want to share some of those uh, specifically with me. And so, um, I, I wanted to start off similar to how I started off last week. We talked about some statistics. We talked about some facts, right? And so this week I decided to, you know what, let me Google, um, lessons from my father. That was just, just typed it into Google and got boatloads of articles. Some books came up. We know President Obama had a book called Lessons from My Father, um, and then different videos, whether it was about children sharing um, or, or, or different things, montage videos, things like that. But 
there was one article that that came up and I wanted to share it because I feel like it kind of sets the tone for this episode. And so this episode was on Forbes.com and it's called My Dad Turns 100, 13 Critical Life Lessons I Learned from My Father. And I, I just really found that interesting of an article, one, because this person is sharing um, his experience with his father who had recently turned 100. And so when you think like that's a, a century of life lived of, of just lessons and just experiences that just go beyond even most things we could think of, right? And so the article actually starts off with a quote, and I really feel like this quote is, is very telling um, and, and really can sum up fatherhood and just from a child's perspective of fatherhood. Um, but the Mark Twain quote says, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished about how much he learned in seven years. And when we think about, you know, even for me, I'm, I'm now 37 and I can go back to my own life between 14 and 27. Like I know I experienced so much. And so I can only imagine, you know, being a, being a parent now. And, and I'm actually in that stage of life where my children are now getting to be adults. And it, it's so much what I have learned in those seven years, literally from from 12 to, to 19, because I don't have any uh, that are 21 yet, but um, definitely close. And so I, I want to share just these 13 critical lessons that this uh, person had learned from their dad over a, knowing you know his 100 years of life. And so the first one is he talks about he learned the value of education. Uh, he learned the value of hard work. He learned to be your best. He learned the value of sacrifice. He learned be a saver and an investor. He learned don't cut corners. He learned never worry about the other guy. He learned to be bold. And one I thought was funny, always have a guy. And he goes into kind of always having that guy or that person who you can call on, whether it's like a mechanic issue with your car or or something at the you know the corner store or something like that based on the, the demographic of where they lived. Always have a guy. Always know a guy. Um, he talked about being a fighter and not never giving up. He talked about the value of struggle, which I thought was so good. Because a lot of the times we don't always focus on the struggle. We want to get past it, but there's value in it. And I feel like that's probably a message in and of itself. So we won't go too deep into that. Um, and you talked about not neglecting your soul. And then the last one was family is everything. And I, I really read, you know, I kind of read each of these multiple times and kind of really ingrained how this this son who's his now a, a dad himself can take each of these lessons and he learned these from his from his father and these are things that now he's processed and implemented in his own life and so you know it's so key when we're able to reflect on the experiences we had specifically with our father and how we can identify how we can possibly integrate those. And we talked about that, right? We're, pro we're going to process those examples. We're going to process what we see. And then we ultimately integrate those. And I know for me, my personal experience with this is very different, um, but yet still unique in its, in its own way. Because I mentioned in the first week, um, you know, my father and I are not close. Um, parents divorced when I was 12 have no relationship at all with my father. But yet I can remember examples, um, negative examples of, 
you know, things he did, things he said um, to me, whether it was verbally abusive, physically abusive. Um, and I remember because the, the key here is that no matter whether your your experiences with your earthly father are good or bad, there's still lessons to be learned and you still internalize those. And then you ultimately do or emulate what those are. And so I know for me, the 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 mindset I took, I knew innately these things were wrong. I knew it was wrong to be physically abusive. I knew it was wrong to be verbally abusive. And so my internalization of what I experienced was I won't do that. I won't be that way. And so there's still lessons to be learned. And so I, I, I used to say, you know, I, I didn't learn anything from him. I, I didn't learn a thing. I didn't, I didn't get anything good. There's, it's all bad. I can't give you one lesson I learned. But now as I'm older and, and a little wiser, I can sit here and say that, you know what, I have learned something. And how I, take, how I took those and processed those examples ultimately, you know, drove me or, or orchestrated my life in a way that I did not see coming initially, right? And so now, like I said, last week we talked about um, the God of all things. We talked about God himself being the father um, to us. And, you know, I, I wanted to take a moment and kind of in this series and share um, kind of what those lessons are. Because, like I said, when you look at this article from Forbes, you can see how this, this son had such these amazing experiences with his dad. And, and I'm pretty sure like with all parents and with all father-son relationship, this one wasn't perfect. But he was able to still take a lot of good from it and, and, and share these examples with us. And so for me, just taking a moment to really, I would say really the last 18, 24 months, God has really um, just poured into me when it comes to fatherhood um, and, and really just all in his word and, and learning and gaining those things. And so I want to share these lessons uh, today just in this episode and how we can, and, and hopefully it's something you gain from it, something you get from it. And so lesson one for me uh, focused around ordering steps and training child, training children, right? And so we we know the scripture, um, it's Proverbs 22, 6. And um, one of the things it talks about is ordering steps, right? It talks about um, <clears throat> how we uh, follow God, right? And how we know that those steps are ordered no matter what we do or say. And so 22, uh, Proverbs 22, 6, um, first goes into, talks about direct your children onto the right path. And when they're, when they are older, they will not leave it. Right. And then we go, and then I'm going to also add Psalm 37, 23, where it says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And then Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And for me, as a parent, as a father, and I'm sure a lot of parents out there are the same way where you, um, we have these ideas and plans for our children. This is what I think you should do. This is because, you know, we innately, we will see things in our children that they should do, um, whether it's a talent, a skill, anything at all. And one of the things that God really arrested me on was the fact that he orders his he orders their steps 
I my job is to train them and lead them in the way they should go. Train them and direct them on the right path, which is the godly path, right? And that's not to necessarily say the religion path where don't do this, don't do that, but it's let me train you in the things of God. Let me train you what compassion is, what love is, what unity is, what prayer is, what worship is, those types of things, right? And even when you think about the these the steps of children, right? The the what we want them to do. It, it was literally in the moment um, as my children started hitting these teenage years that God literally came to me and said, "Why are you doing my job?" And it, it caught me off guard because I'm like, okay, God, what are you talking about? And, and He said it again: "Why are you doing my job? Your job." is to train and guide them and direct them in the steps. And then when they're older, they won't depart from those teachings. But my job is to order their steps. And then it, it instantly, innately in me, it's, well, God, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if these crazy things start to happen in their lives? What am I supposed to do? And he literally in that moment showed me that you are to trust me because I'm the one who led and guided you in the teaching of them. So are you somehow in a contradictory mindset of what I've taught you to teach them that won't it won't work for them? Because you taught them to have faith. And then when they want to step out in faith, you get worried. And I, I just think about this in this in this moment of, you know, like if, if a child comes to you and says, you know what, I want to go be a missionary in this, you know what, I'm I'm this is what I want to do. And and maybe they had the the thought of going to college and doing all these things, but at some moment the Lord comes to them and says, This is what I want. And we as parents somehow get we may get nervous at that. Well, why are you in why why are you doing that? But we taught them and we led by example of them being able to have faith in God, hear from God. But then when they hear God and want to have faith in God, we somehow tell them that that's not right. But it's what we taught them. And the Lord will order their steps. The Lord will provide and care for them. We have to do that. Right. And one thing I think about and is Joseph, who was Jesus's earthly father. And I was trying to do research on that, but there's not a whole lot you, you find about Joseph. And even as Jesus started his ministry, there, there's a lot of theologians believe Joseph had, had died by that point uh, because he's not at the, the cross uh, when Jesus is crucified. And you hear very little about him, but Joseph played such an integral part in the life of Jesus, right? As an earthly father, he trained him and guided him and directed his path and kept him on the path until he was of age and started his ministry. And, you know, it really, this whole concept of, of, of staying in your lane as a parent um, really is becoming more and more, more and more uh, relevant to me as, as my children reach adulthood. And now my mantle of, of parent has changed um, and, and I have to change with it because that really leads me into lesson two, which I call moments of release, right? And it's, it's funny to me that if you look at a child's life from birth to 18, right, there are all of these moments of release 
that we have as parents that we change innately, right? And so when you think about when a child is born, you know, they need everything from us. They can't walk, they can't talk, they can't feed themselves, they can't change themselves. They need literally every waking moment of their life is ordered by us. We 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 help them or not ordered by us, but we are the ones doing it. We are the ones changing the diapers, feeding them, burping them, um, carrying them everywhere they go. And then if you start to look at their age as they get older, they begin, there's these moments of release that we as parents have to change, right? And so you think about the first moment, right? When a child crawls or walks for the first time, we don't innately say, no, 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 don't walk, don't walk. You, I still have to carry you. No, we embrace that and we celebrate that. And we encourage it, right? We we want them to walk. We want them to reach that first level of, of freedom as a child that they see like, I, I don't have to be held by you as much now, right? And then as they get a little older, they can, you know, hold their bottle or something like that, or they start to run or, or as they get a little bit older, then they can dress themselves, right? And so I always think just in my head, this picture of, of a child that comes downstairs and says, hey, mom, hey, dad, I dress myself. And they have just the most mismatched colors on. They got maybe they got a plaid shirt with purple pants and yellow shoes and a red hat or just everything, right? It's just a complete, it's like a looks like a Picasso painting, right? Just complete abstract wardrobe. But as a parent, what do we do in that situation? You know, do we A celebrate that they actually did something? They, they dress themselves. They saw an opportunity and saw that I can do this. Or is that something we hold on to and 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 say, wait, wait, no, that doesn't match. Let, let me help you. But they're three or four. They don't have a concept of, of, of matching. They don't know what that means yet, right, to color coordinate a wardrobe. But there's all these moments of release. And it's funny that as, as the releases get, greater our anxiety gets greater because we we have some anxiety when a child starts to walk right we don't want them to bump their head we don't want them to fall so there's a little anxiety there but then we get to the ultimate of of release right the driver's license right and I know I just went from six months to 16 years but when you think about it what was your level of anxiety compared to when your child walked to when they're about to drive your car and yes, that anxiety is relevant. It's real. I've experienced it. it. It's a real thing because I've said I've said this myself. You are now driving something that weighs three to five thousand pounds. This this is a vehicle. This isn't just walking down the street. This is now you're driving 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. So yes, the anxiety is real. But how can we as parents start to celebrate those moments of release? Because the biggest one is coming. And that's the one when they turn 18 or they go off to college or they go off into the world. And now you realize that they don't need you in the same vein that they did when they were two. You know, when kids start to cook and things like that. And so one of the things God pointed me to in these moments of release is First Peter 5 and 7, which says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, it's I literally had to take the time to pray and give to God my anxiety about these moments of release because it's not easy being in this season um, of, of children entering adulthood. 
because it it's 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 bittersweet, right? It, your children are stepping out into the world, and you hope that everything you gave them, everything you built in them, they still go put it into practice, right? Going back to what we talked about, ordering steps. God is literally on the cusp of ordering steps at 18, 16 years old, and they are going to start following him. They're going to start making their own decisions. And do we as parents restrict that freedom? Do we restrict the release or do we trust God and give all our cares to him? Because we trust him with our lives. We have to trust him with our children's lives, right? And it, he also pointed me to Psalms 4610, where it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God is literally, literally telling us in these moments of release, these moments of matriculation in your children to give me your cares and be still because I know what I'm doing. Yes, I'm going to order their steps. And they, you know what? And their steps might be hell. It might be. But I'm still here. I'm still God. Everything you taught them and trained them, I'm here with them. They haven't departed. And so you need to trust and believe that I am I am God. I am the God who helped you. I'll be the God that helps them. And one of the things that really that points me to in scripture was the prodigal son. And I know that a lot of the times with that scripture, we we focus on the son. We focus on the lost son who left the house and had to. But it's I wonder in that in that parable, like the father's mindset, because you can you can most likely assume that he trained his children. He built them up. He did all these things. He did what a father would do and what a godly father should do. And then his son came of age and said, I want what's owed to me now because I'm ready to go out into the world. Now, I'm sure the son, the father, with any father, you know your children, he may not have been ready. But at the same time, that was a moment of release because the father could have easily said, no, 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 you need to stay here. You're not ready. You're, you don't need to go out there. But there are some times, and even going back to the lessons in, in the Forbes article where it talks about the value of struggle and the prodigal son and his father, that, that is a moment where the father could have known the value of that struggle. And there's just some things that you have to go through to really understand the revelation of the teachings that you've been given. And so when I think about the prodigal son, I think about that kind of moment of release. That that was a big one right there where, where, where his father said, okay, all right, you want to go into the world? All right, here you go. Here's your inheritance. Here you go. But again, going back to that moment of release, I almost am 100% sure that the father in that parable was not um, just perfectly okay with this. He probably had some anxiety. He probably had fear, just like we do when we say, you know what, our children are ready to move out. They're ready to go do whatever it is they're going to do, and we have these moments of anxiety. But it's all about having casting those anxieties to God and, and praying. And we know the story that the son gets out there into this world and he realizes that this is not um, what I thought it was going to be. I need to go home. I mean, the son even gets to this thing where I'm going to rehearse this because I know he's not going to accept me back. I know he's not going to have this just this, this, this warm welcome for me. So let me rehearse and 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 play out in my head what I'm going to say because he'll if I don't say it this way, he might not take me back because he's probably mad at me and all of these things. And we see that this father, 
has this level of unforgiveness toward his son. He he has this this joy and this just amazing reception and welcome back that his son is back. And I wondered that the that the father just know that this son would come back to the source, that he would come back. And it doesn't mean that he needed his father for everything, but it definitely shows that if you taught the son the right way, that he knew innately that I can go back to my father in the most desperate moments of my life. And I may and, and I may not have ever had a desperate moment like this, but I know I can go back to him. Why? Because he loves me. And that really takes me to lesson four. And that's my lesson four is first Corinthians thirteen. Um the, the this whole chapter, um, God literally I mean, when I'm talking about revealed truth and, and just opening his word to me, this chapter is probably the most open chapter I I've I've experienced in in my walk with him. And there's three three key parts in the scripture that I have heard, and most of you may have heard. I've heard these things preached three different ways about three different topics, right? And so the first part of the scripture talks about clanging of symbols, or if you don't have love, it, it means nothing, right? And then one key thing, it, it literally calls out three different times, if I didn't love others, I would have nothing. It talks about even have the faith to move mountains, but if you don't love others, it means nothing. And then the most famous part about this this scripture or this chapter is in verse 4 and 7 where it says love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, it does not keep, uh, no, it keeps no record of wrongdoing, it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever truth wins out, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And then the third part about it is it the scripture it verse thirteen or uh, chapter thirteen verse eleven it says when I was a child I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child but when I grew up I put away childish things and I found that so interesting that those three I don't I don't think I realized it until God showed it to me but these are all one chapter and it's all about love but yet we've always heard the um, the first part of that, if I didn't love others, if I had the faith to move mountains in it, we've heard that preached in terms of community and relationship. We've heard the middle part of that where love is patient, love is kind. We've heard that preached about God's love. And then even verse 11, we've heard that preached specifically about maturity, but not necessarily all encompassing about love. And so the first thing that God showed me in this is that once your love reaches a level of maturity or once you reach a level of maturity and understanding you begin to see love differently and for me in fatherhood this scripture really showed me that really just posed the question to myself was do a do i love like this and b as a parent as a husband as anybody as any to people in general but more specifically for this series as a father do i love like this am i patient with my children and i can honestly tell you i wasn't all the time i was a very impatient person because i wanted things done my way in my time and i have learned that there's patience and kindness that i can't i have to exude that every day as a father 
Um, I can't keep records of, of, of wrongdoing. And, and going back to even the prodigal son, the, re- the reason the father could could rejoice on his son's return. He didn't care that he left. He didn't care what he had been through. He, the fact of the matter is you're here and that you came back and that I'm going to rejoice that. But the, the biggest thing here is love never gives up. It never loses faith, always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And I wonder for, for all the dads out there, um, does your love for your children endure through every circumstance? Does it never give up? Does it lose faith? And is it always hopeful? Because the thing is, I heard this earlier, is that our children are are literally the greatest gift to us. And how do we cherish that gift? How do we cultivate that gift? How do we how do we steward that gift? And it has to start with love. Like it literally has to begin with how we love them. How do we exude that love to them? Because ultimately the way we love them is the way they'll love others. And it's the way that they'll accept or deny love from other people when they enter into their own relationships or even their own marriages or, or anything at all. And so when God literally just just dropped the scripture on me, um, this whole thing, it was just this level of maturity that exists when you begin to love in this scope. And it's not easy to do because things will happen. It will hit the fan and all hell will break loose. But does your love stay within the confines of this scripture? And so it, it really just poured into me. Um, just as a father, it just literally changed my perspective on on loving my children and 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 being able to be there for them. And then even I, I my prayer is that I I hope when if I, you know if the Lord gives me a hundred that my children can say that they saw these things or, or that they gained something from me. And so I want to close with this. And last week I closed with a question, but this week I want to close with a few questions um, just as we bring this this episode to a close. And, and I just want to ask, what, do, what have you learned from your father? What have you learned from from your earthly father that you can say, you know what, I'm going to put that into practice, or or that's something that I, I don't want to do. So I, I'm, I'm I, my my lesson is be the opposite of that, or how do I do that right? And so I encourage everybody this week, um, even if you're not a dad, I, I would just encourage you go back and and think about and reflect on on the life of your father, and, and what did you learn? What did you gain? And then how can you trace that back or and apply it to your life? And for my dads out there, for my my for my guys that aren't dads yet, you know, what are those lessons you can pull back and say, you know what, this is this is gonna make me a better dad. This is gonna make me uh, be that much more intentional, that much more active, that much more um, integrated into my child's life. Because the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter whether your father was great or terrible or he was there or he wasn't. You know, his inaction or actions create lessons for for you. They create lessons for you to see, process, duplicate, and you'll begin to integrate that into your own ability to be a dad. Or you'll find that these things that these you wonder why you do the things you do. You wonder why you respond the way you do. Um, I encourage you to go back and reflect on on your father and reflect on that. Um, and, and so I'll just end this now, but I, I really just encourage you to, to take a moment this week and, and seek God, 
Um, and not just for revelation on what what you learn from your father, but just seek God to get in a relationship with Him. Because a lot of a lot of the lessons that that I talked about today and, and learned through God is uh, were were built and cultivated through relationship with Him. I didn't just open up the Bible and said, "Oh, there I learned this." No, 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 no. It, it was Bible reading, prayer, worship, and God literally me having the open ear to listen to what God had to say. And so I just pray that, you know, for those that are listening to this episode and this series that, you know, you just have ears that are open to hear from God. You have ears that are open to under, to to interpret and hear him speaking to you, even if it's in, through scripture, through someone else, that you're able to just, just um, take those things and process them and, and find a way to apply them to your everyday life. And I just pray for reveal truth in the lessons from earthly fathers and, and how we can take those and build on those and really begin to understand ourselves better. Because when we understand ourselves better, we're able to be better people, we're able to, able to be better parents, and we're able to be better fathers. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, man, I thank y'all so much again uh, for joining us for another week of Vantage Point. We're, we're going to be shifting our messages to Sundays uh, just to get a little bit more prep time um, and everything. But I just thank y'all for rolling with me yet again another week. Again, whether this is on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part. And we'll catch y'all next week on Vantage Point.